construction, golf news, equipment, travel, interviews, course profiles, and more. Your weekly fix of all things golf is about to begin. It's the Flagstick Podcast with your hosts, Jeff Bonner and Scott McLeod. And yes, welcome to the Flagstick Podcast, presented this week by TaylorMade Golf with Stealth. They pushed past the limits of titanium and introduced the world to the carbon wood age. So how far are they willing to take it? Way past far and into forgiveness. Introducing the all-new Stealth 2 Plus, combining the elements of speed and forgiveness to unlock forgiveness. Visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca to learn more. Well, Scotty Mac. Welcome back, TaylorMade. I know. Welcome back, TaylorMade. Good to have you back. Good to have you in for uh, about the next dozen episodes or so. Um, Straight off the top, as always, please. Check us out across all the social media networks, yep. Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Subscribe on Spotify, Audible, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. We encourage you to check out the YouTube channel and subscribe there. We're doing lots of cool stuff there this year, so you don't want to miss anything. The contests are coming. Like us, click the notification bell, and make sure you don't miss any episodes. Um, and as I said, we're, we've already started yep. adding more unique content and contesting and stuff like that, so yeah. Do it. More, more more when we get outside. That's the yeah. challenge right now. <laughs> get outside. Please, yeah. please yeah. bring back that nice warm weather. It's coming oh, this weekend. Uh, yeah. You know, as we're recording here, the weekend's coming. Courses are opening and uh, the warmer weather is starting to return. Yeah. Um, sadly, this buggered up shoulder is not allowing me the opportunity to hit any golf balls. So I'll just have to bide my time. Yeah, I managed Loaded. to get out a couple times and hit some balls outside, which was great. Uh, yes. I'm not not doing any lesson work outside yet because man, that would be no fun or whatever. No. But uh, not yeah, for we anybody. Should let, we should let people know. You know, we are based in the uh, in the national capital region of Canada in Ottawa, so we've got a mix of golf courses right now. We got a lot of opening dates, which you know yeah. we've talked a lot about our calendar here. Uh, we have a lot of number of golf courses that are open, but mm-hmm. you know, getting more all the time. Uh, getting confirmation from golf courses as they get ready because as you said that weather was pretty much a tease oh. it was it, as carol I mean, got a lot of stuff done they don't don't yeah, get me wrong yeah, yeah, everybody yeah. got stuff done with this nice warm weather but then you know we got we got kicked in the butt and sent right back into what's normal spring really quickly and it's like Ugh. yeah yeah as, like as uh as Carol Ann Baxter at Archie's calls it, it was fake summer. So, Certainly was, and we're, yeah. it looks like we're headed for some more fake summer this weekend. So, well, uh, we'll at least we're it. getting it. At least we're getting it on the weekends. Although, you know, there's going to be a little bit of yeah. rain. But hey, en- enough about the weather. Yes. We're not look. We're not talking about snow, no. which I know they got some up the Ottawa Valley yesterday. I saw Dave Wilson up at Oaks of Cobden posted mm-hmm. a picture of some snow up there. Uh, hopefully, that's gone soon. Hopefully, people are going to get out and head to the golf course. So, uh, in the meantime, we got lots to talk about. Yeah, we do, and and not hopefully we'll have good stuff on this show this week. We know we have good stuff on this show yeah. this week. Um, we're going to get started in the front in the front nine this week with some news and notes, some tour talks, some junior golf talks, some equipment talk, and then when we get into the back nine, we're going to expand on the column that you had on flagstick.com about how to get your season started productively on the driving range. So we want to jump into that. That's on the back nine. But let's get to the front nine presented by Metcalf Golf Club. A natural setting, a pleasant challenge. Golf season is, in fact, closer than you think. Don't wait to save on golf this season. Buy your membership, join a league, uh, purchase some golf game packs, and be ready to hit the first tee. Visit MetcalfGolf.com to shop now. Okay, Scott, jumping into our front nine, tipping it up, putting the – the peg in the ground, the egg on the tee, and smacking one down the middle. Let's go. 
let's right, go let's front nine. Um, let's talk about the RBC Heritage first, I think, because that's uh, mm-hmm. top just of mind. Finished. Yeah. Just, just finished. Uh, you know, exciting finish. Mm-hmm. Uh, really enjoyed the finish. Uh, playoff, like the whole, like, yeah, let's go. This And, and Jordan Spieth. Fitzpatrick, you know, the the local, I guess technically the local boy, right? Because Matt Fitzpatrick is, he even from had England? the... Uh, from the England? Harbor, <laughs> yeah, he, well, no, but he had the Harbortown head cover yeah. on. He, so they, his family big... vacationed there for yeah. years and yeah. since he was six years old. Since he was six years old for 20 He had the Harbortown head cover yeah. on his driver. So yeah. clearly he's a Harbortown guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. But, he always but has. they it's were rooting favorite. for Jordan Spieth, like... Like yeah. crazy and to, a, to to a sickening point when they're yelling USA USA yeah it's like yeah. really and I like really? Max Fitzpatrick oh Fitzpatrick. He's so so yeah. I love the guy and yeah. uh, talk about redefining your golf game to be more competitive hmm. um, he was a bit of a pea shooter for a while and then oh yeah he, for sure he worked and worked and worked at it now he's now he hits it. He hits the ball a fair distance. Yeah, it's not medium. It's long. And, you know, um, he's got a great team, including a biomechanist, Ashley McKenzie from Canada, uh, works on the stack system. I got to delve through two months or two months, two years of his data uh, a few I guess it was about two months ago with Sasho and look at all his performance and working in that stack training and to see him go from an average of 113 miles an hour off the tee for club head speed up to about 122, obviously won the U.S. Uh, Open. Um, their goal in two years is to get him closer to 125, 126 cruising speed on the golf course. And, you know, he's hit nine iron in there from 170, whatever, uh, yeah. on, on 18, almost holds it finally on the third playoff hole. Yes. Uh, I, th- I thought it was great. As an elevated yeah. event, it, it, it's it's tough to have an elevated event, one of those $20 million purse events, uh, right after, you know, the Masters. There's a little bit of a hangover there. It, it, it's pretty tough for guys to do that. But um, I would say from when you, you know, if you looked at the leaderboard, obviously, you know, Rom had a tough first day, but came back there, still played well, which was impressive. It was a great leaderboard. And despite the fact that, you know, um, maybe a lot of people are like, okay, it's, it's not Augusta, whatever, but it is Harbortown. It, it, it is a pretty cool golf course, which we'll talk about because we've, yeah. we played the golf course a um, couple times now. I think yeah. for me, I don't know. You, you played, a couple times. To me, it's yeah. just the one time, but the one time was enough. Well, yeah. I shouldn't say the one time was enough. The one really? time was not enough because I feel like I, I really feel like I have to play it again. And I think yes, that's the, the, I think the, you're right. The factor, the disappointment factor for me is that my first experience with Harbor Town, while the, while the golf course is phenomenal golf course, don't get me wrong. Um, when I criticize a golf course, it's not because I'm criticizing the condition of it or, oh God, no. you know, yeah. Um, for me, Harbor Town, in my mind, and maybe in everybody else's mind, is all about 16, 17, 18, particularly 17, for the most part, 18. Oh, 18 is the worst hole in the golf course. Yeah. It's when you, when I look back at when we played there, there yeah. were holes that were more stuck in the middle. For instance, oh, yeah. number nine. Number nine is a phenomenal. I love that hole. Yeah. You know, I Sh- mean, short par four, short par four that you can handcuff green. yourself yep. on that hole. So fast off the tee. Yep. All it takes is a drive to the left and you're done. Or right. Doesn't matter. No, too there. far right and you're done. <laughs> yeah. Too close to the green and yeah, too done. close to the left side of the fairway and you're done. Yeah. So I love, and there's some holes 
on the back thir- nine, I think 13, 13 yeah, yes. 13, which is the one that, you know, uh, famously Alice Die actually did the design. Mm-hmm. And it, it's probably for me, it's my favorite on the property. Yeah. Um, you know, 100%. Under, under 400 yards have to be super precise off the tee down the right side. Otherwise, you're going to get blocked out. The green is basically surrounded by the railroad ties. Get a little tongue at the front where they can put a pin, which you do not want to go after. That's for sure. I can. No, but if you hit it up to the if you hit it up to the back right on that green and the pins down at the on the front on that tongue. Yeah, um, you're you know, as far as putting, getting getting close to that hole with your, with your putt, your lag putt is, isn't, impo- no, no. it's not impossible, but it's a heck of a difficult putt. Well, you, you could also putt it into the bunker from there. Yeah. I mean, these, these greens are really small as well. And I mean, this is a golf course that I think uh, some players go there and they go, man, I can win here because it's 7,000 yards, it's not 7,500. Mm-hmm. It, it's really about accuracy more than anything. And you'll see, you know, and you probably saw it on the weekend, players will hit lots of three woods off the tees or irons off the tees. They're not going to necessarily hit drivers because it, it really is about precision. But as we said, the problem is for this golf course is that everybody looks at the lighthouse, yeah. right? And, and they, you know, they see Calabogie sound out there uh, on 18 or whatever. The, the difference is, is that once you look away from the lighthouse on 18 and stand on the tee, when you're standing on the tee, it's a terrible tee shot, terrible tee shot. You, flat you as go a pancake. The, it's flat, flat as, as a pancake. pancake. The tee deck is flat almost yeah. to the to the fairway. Like it's it's super flat. Right. Yeah. You there's can't no, see your no landing up, no area down. whatsoever. And if you think you can see that lighthouse from the tee, the way you well, see it on TV, yeah, no. All you see is the tippy tip top of it sticking up over top of the restaurant. Yeah. You can you see know. a little bit of the side part or whatever, but whatever the case is, it doesn't really matter. You know, it's a 110-yard wide fairway. Mm-hmm. I get it. There's a little bit of drama. As you see, it was a nine iron in for those guys into the approach. So no big deal for that. But yeah, unfortunately, the 18th really becomes a connector hole yes. from the golf course back to, you know, the end of the facility. That's about it, which is which is too bad, really. It is, And, yeah. and I, think, I think the, uh, you know, everybody's used to blimp and drone shots on 18 so that makes it look pretty cool but that's not but how it, we watch golf when we're on property and that's not we yeah. don't play golf from the from the bottom or of a drone. camera on a blimp yeah no you know? that's exactly it so so, uh, so i had a great like golf a, course otherwise it, it is and this thing i've always had this sort of you know i had this this idea in my mind before we played it of what i was you know and and as we played it yeah. you know i was like yeah you know the first hole is you know not the you need to empty more before you play these courses like the tpcs and all that what's stuff that, that you, play. you need to empty your mind at some of these guys i know courses. but it's but i mean how am i not like everybody else out there you see it on tv you yeah. get in your mind you get an idea of what to expect even this yeah. even sawgrass you know playing 16 17 and 18 uh, my my vision of 17 on tv and what to expect when i got to the golf course to play it was much yeah. different than the vision I had when I actually saw it because once you see it you realize from a golfer's perspective what they're looking at is you see the green and the green looks huge right you get out there and you stand on that tee to hit that shot yeah you can't forget about the wind you can't see the landing area on that green very much at all that green looks like it's about an inch deep yeah yeah for sure but you you realize you've got all kinds of room but 
some golf courses you're a little bit elevated enough in the fairway that you can see where you're hitting yeah. it yeah yeah, yeah. It, would be a different, it would be a different hole if you could actually were elevated I, I'll, I'll let people know that jeff had an unhealthy obsession with tpc golf courses for quite some time and you know he was oh hey we're gonna play tpc so when we traveled all of the place, bag tags and scorecards. We, we would go into TPCs. We'd play TPCs. We'd book into TPCs, which which will bring us into our next conversation yes. <laughs> uh, quite well. Because what's going on? What's what's coming up next? I know, but what what was the general impression for a lot of these TPC golf courses? It, uh, it, cookie cutter. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't that great or whatever. So that brings us to the Zurich Classic this week. Yeah, they're visiting TPC Louisiana. Shocking, which, uh, which we had, and we get it. The tour owns these facilities, and you know they operate them under license. Um, there's some that you know are independent, say like TPC Toronto, that you know are licensed with them. There, that's probably actually that's probably one of the best facilities oh, now TPC in the, Toronto. It, yeah it's probably one of the best facilities now in the tpc network really because it's not it's not a tp they're not tpc courses you know what well, i mean they're, like they're they, not originally yeah no exactly no but they have they have no like you yeah. know they don't look like tpc courses right so we'll tell you right away when we played tpc louisiana the oh, together God. the first time now I, i've managed to play it one more time as i said to somebody i almost played it again to sort of see if my expectations from the first time or my my impressions were right or not we will say we actually started the day when we were down there with a tornado warning and we yeah. didn't even know if we were going to play um but weather aside this might be one of the flattest golf courses on the planet yeah <laughs> yeah it's uh, uh yeah it was um not memorable God, i i have i I'm at a loss for words on on TPC Louisiana. It, it's, I guess the thing is too is that we have to we have to sort of say these aren't these aren't bad golf courses. It's just no, you know it's just it was it was very flat. A lot of stuff is pushed up to kind of create that illusion of elevation, especially some of your tee shots. You're hitting to fairways that are level with the tee, but then they yeah. drop the bunkers down and they make these sort of strip. Right sausage bunkers up the side of a fairway between water and i, I do remember yeah one there's a lot of chocolate there. chocolate drop mounding and things yeah, like that yeah stuff that like that it's just very just create the illusion of elevation and as you go from tpc course to tpc course to tpc course tpc louisiana is very much like uh was very much like a, a tpc virginia beach mm. you know yeah same type of you know or um but a little different than tpc at boston or yeah. you know, yeah, different, different, different designers, obviously. But there are Boston. characteristics that I think must be PGA Tour elements or TPC course elements that they're yeah. asked to to put in because there's a lot of similarities hmm. in the designs of these courses from one TPC course to the next TPC course. They're not the same courses, but there yeah. are some some little idiosyncrasies and similar similarities, similarities, <laughs> similarities. I'm not extra tired today, by the way. I just. I don't know. Your tongue's not I'm working. A little tongue tied today for some yeah. reason. I don't. Know I, why. I mean, I got to play this golf course again, and I was really hoping, and, and it was neat. I had a really interesting. Uh, you played? No, did you? Yeah, you played it too. What? Were you not on that trip? Oh no, you weren't on that trip. 
Sorry, the second trip. I no, played you were on this. You were you were by yourself on that one. Well, yeah, not by so, yourself, but you weren't. Yeah, with, with me. with another group. So I managed to play it, and I actually played it with the, which is an odd thing. I played it with the editor of Golf Digest China, Echo Ma, mm-hmm. who was a really good. She's a great player, yeah. and and she was more fascinated with the alligators than she was by the <laughs> golf course. And I just remember some of her comments about her. She wasn't super complimentary, let's just say, as a good player. But we also understand that you know a lot of these facilities uh are good venues for tournaments there's mm-hmm. lots of room for spectators spectators have a good viewing uh corridors is where they can see the players and things like that yeah exactly um it, it's good for exactly what it is now which you know for a number of years uh this has moved to being a team event mm-hmm. uh with pairing which is makes for uh, some fun pairings uh, this week, we actually have two Canadian groups, two Canadian pairings, which is good to see. Um, what are your thoughts on, you know, having those two-man events or stuff like that on the tour? I'll, are you interested in watching it? Or Yeah, I am. I, I, I like the idea that from time to time they mix things up, whether it's with, the, with this type of event where it's a team event um pairs event uh or yep. if it's a an event that runs on a stableford system sure yeah, yeah um, i think we've talked about that a little yeah bit. much the way you know we have the flagstick open in the spring which is coming up very shortly within the next month um yep. and then last year we created a two ball championship which is essentially a um uh, you know a team event a two-person yep. uh you know modified stableford point system event so i think the variety gives it's good for the players i think it's good for the viewers um, that are watching it, whether it's on TV or live, to see something different. It creates a different sort of um, um, atmosphere around the event. So I know I'm all I'm all in with it. I don't want to see yeah. too many of them. No, no, no. no but, but, I, but sprinkle I, one or two in yeah. here from time to yeah. time, a different scoring system from time to time, and then have them do the rest. Then you got your majors. Yeah. You know, well, it's a good, I, think it's good. I think I think it's a good fit here too within the schedule because you know you've got the masters, you go to the heritage, which obviously now is an elevated event. Uh Zurich a little bit more laid back. So if players are a little bit tired, that's sort of okay. Uh the other element here too is that you know, uh players it, if they're within certain rankings or whatever, they can they can choose their partners. So yeah. Matt Matt Fitzpatrick is you know got his brother playing this week who's a, who's a a professional uh good opportunity to to give an opportunity to help up another player mm-hmm. bring them off another tour and let them have a chance to you know to play on the pga tour and who knows maybe get a win maybe roll some stuff into some status who knows yeah no i think that's good so yeah i'm all i'm all in for that yeah. um Sad other news. big other big yeah sad other news. big it's, it's it's it really is sad news i mean it's not expect it you know god it's it's tiger woods um obviously he pulled out of the uh the masters uh you know citing yep. his uh plantar fasciitis um yep. which i suffer from to, from time to time as well so i know how painful it can be if it's a little more regular as i think it mm-hmm. is with him um but he he uh, underwent another surgery this time for his ankle yeah yeah so um, basically a bone that that between your ankle and your uh, tibia down below uh obviously he had that you know damage during that crash mm-hmm. um yeah so not looking good for tiger obviously um you know if you if you look up the you know 
the internet terms on this you know uh, mark steinberg his agent has basically just said hey you know what he's focused on you know just normal living uh not mm-hmm. so much about the golf got to do the recovery and stuff this time uh most people when they talk about this surgery kind of six to eight weeks recovery at least um he's you know obviously going to have to do some rehab basically i would say it really kills his major season for sure um, well definitely i think it does that yeah i mean if you look at the stretch i mean obviously oak hills within that u.s open is within that uh only thing possibly he could maybe be back for would be the open championship but i don't have a lot of expectations for this and you know uh, i know is, it, Tiger- is this it I don't know. I mean, mean, until you can jump into a cart in three years on the Champions Tour, um, you know. Does he even want? I mean, I guess once he gets to the Champions Tour, he said he said he's interested in that. That you know he he can go and do that and have fun, and he's still got a competitive vibe to him or whatever. But I think people have been, I think people have been asking too much of him, anyways, in the last bunch of while. uh, While I mean, you know, fantastic that obviously you know he got that fifteenth you know major and won that Masters in twenty nineteen, but you know that was pre uh, car crash again. So as soon as that crash happened, I mean, I think that derail. I think that was the derailer right there. I think that he might have been on his way to coming back enough. I mean, after winning the fifteenth major, I think he could have potentially over the next you know three or four years pulled off the an, uh, another three majors tied jack you know sure. or yeah. you know maybe got past them but i think this i'm not going to say no this guy no, is, has, this guy uh, has defied yeah. the laws of yeah. of uh of physics and and health and yeah. wellness for too long yeah um, but 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 this is a this is a big one because this but. one from what i understand can really inhibit your your um uh, even though he's had surgically repaired, it inhibits the ability to to flex the ankle. Um, yeah, which, so, which, which could make it difficult for him to load and unload. Um, yeah, know, so I mean, really, what it swing. comes down to is that one, you know, you've got to do rehab to be able to walk with some normalcy, mm-hmm. and then you know, it's going to change his golf swing. It's going to change some yeah. adjustments in his golf swing that he'd have to make up uh, compensation or a matchup for or whatever, which I'm sure he's totally capable of. Um, but again, you know what? Be happy with the body of work that he's done. Yeah. Uh, wish him well. You know, get healthy. If we see him back, that's a bonus. But, you know, lots mm-hmm. of other players out there to, to kind of carry the torch uh, as far as attention-wise, not only on the PGA Tour, but on the LPGA Tour as well, which has a major this week. Yeah, this is a big one. And and we got, uh, you know, um, uh, Brooke, uh, Matami, and uh, Matty Zerk are playing yep. um, uh, in this uh, the major this week. And yeah, uh, she had, I saw now... a little tailor-made contest that she's doing there. Mm. She had that, what a cool-looking golf bag. Yeah, so t- for people that don't know, um, there's a, a company or, or an artist called uh, Dennis Kennedy, who Crafty Creative, if you want to follow him on Instagram or whatever. He does a lot of design, especially work for TaylorMade. Uh, he does it mostly, obviously, for the tour in a lot of cases, for the men's tour. Mm-hmm. He got a chance this week to design this for the Chevron Championship, which has moved to Houston, to the Woodlands area now. Uh, Space City, if people are not familiar, this is where you know NASA headquarters is and, and things like that. Um, you'll recognize the Houston Astros colors in there with the orange that's in there, which has mm-hmm. become sort of, you know... Um, 
matched up with everything in, in Houston. Um, really cool bag. Yeah, really yeah, cool. cool. Use the NASA font that's on there. Um, so all the players that are tailor-made staffers are making use of that this week. And as you mentioned, you know, they're doing a giveaway contest for, for the bag that Brooke is using um, from this week. So, uh, cool. but um, nice to see an LPJ major you know, get that aspect started. Yeah. Different to have it here at Carlton, the club at Carlton Oaks at uh, Nicholas course. Uh, I know it's in great shape. When I was down there a few weeks ago, I happened to be sitting with a member uh, at the wedding that I was at, and they're very excited to, to obviously have it there. Although this golf course is being renovated uh, extensively after this, yeah, um, just to get it ready for future years and, and things like that. Um, but I, I think the players are excited. Again, it's a nice, you know, an LPJ major 5.1 million. Mm -hmm. uh, is the purse almost 800,000 for first prize. So nice to see those things getting elevated as well. Um, and yeah, it gets going, gets going today as we're recording this right now. So uh, nice. that'll be something to watch as well on top of the Zurich. That will be awesome. It's going to be a good weekend of golf. Um, so new, uh, new product that, uh, that was just released really cool, uh, from, you know, uh, interestingly enough, our, uh, yeah. our podcast sponsor this week, uh, Taylor made released a mini, burner driver yeah this yeah pretty cool looking yeah i mean i i think uh the mini driver sort of came back uh in 2019 that's when and taylor made sort of brought these out um it basically designed to be a smaller headed driver a little bit more loft on it really you know it's more like an accuracy club can be used off the fairway um but blends in modern technology but mm -hmm. it's a bit of an ode to some of the older stuff what they did with this one though is a you know, gave it a little bit of an homage to the tie bubble two product yeah. that we're very familiar with copper uh, <laughs> back, back for our retail days. So obviously you see the distinctive copper color, mm -hmm. you know, against the black contrast, they went with a little bit of retro head cover. They put in the casehole on the bottom of it, but obviously modernized, got some weighting adjustable limited edition. Um, but certainly, you know, something, I mean, I know a good friend of ours, Jeff Crow, when, uh, you know, a couple of years ago when, the, when one of the first ones came out and he's like, man, I, I think, I think that might be for me. You know, he struggles <laughs> off the tee, you know, that comes in 11 and a half or 13 and a half. He went for the 11 and a half. It is still in his bag, uh, you know, whatever, five Sweet. years later. And he loves that thing. And he doesn't hit it any less than what he you know did another driver he's just just comfortable with it so uh, a cool a cool product for sure very cool very cool yeah. um okay we we we're getting up against the clock here for take a break sure. but before we uh before we do take a break we just wanted to uh, briefly mention the uh um it's about a month now until the start of the um pjgt season play junior golf tour um and the race to the flagstick.com cup this year so excited about it. that. Uh, I had was talking with uh, Chris uh, Veltkamp uh, yesterday, uh, just via text back and forth about a couple things. Yep. With uh, the founder and president of the tour, for people mm -hmm. not aware. So uh, he's really excited and uh, and getting running crazy, getting things organized. But it's been a month away now, and the schedule um, schedule's released. I think the first event is May twenty first uh, at Redoview. Yeah, uh, and that's the Humber College. Uh, uh, Spring open. You got it. And, uh, you know, Rita, we was excited to host the tour. Uh, when we uh, post that out yesterday, you know, they were right on it right away going, yeah, we're, we're, we're really excited to get this going. Um, 
I know entries are streaming in. They're making some conversions right now to get the website over to, I think, Golf Genius. They're working on some stuff there because uh, I looked on there yesterday and, and, and things. But uh, you know what? Great lineup of events. Yes. Uh, hearing from lots of juniors, they're excited to get going. And, and uh, yeah, unfortunately, it's the same weekend as our flags to go open. Yes. But, yeah, well, we, we'll obviously be working hand in hand uh, with Chris and getting the results out there and getting things updated and, and, and keeping the news out there. So, you know, just keep keep track of our social media. Uh, and, you know, we'll uh, when we get the opportunity to get out to some of these events as well, we'll shoot some content for that so people can follow that on our yeah, social and, and we'll get some of that posted up there. As yeah, well. it is unfortunate that it falls on the same weekend as the flags that go open because otherwise we would, uh, you know, with our new our new role as the uh, the title sponsor of the rate, the uh, race to the flagstick.com cup, um, we want to spend a lot more time at the events um, mm -hmm. being visual and uh and providing more content enhanced coverage and things like that just un unfortunately the way it works out the this yeah. event kind of conflicts but we'll definitely have some stuff up there now before we get out uh to break i just wanted to mention i'm not giving any details of this but i am going to say that we will be making an announcement mm -hmm. about a third uh event this nice. summer um that Summer, uh, that we will be organizing and hosting it'll be a slightly limited field event and it'll be in july and that's all i'm saying okay so all but right. we will be making within that i'm hoping within the next couple of weeks we will make a formal announcement about a new event that we're get going registration to be, uh, open organizing we'll, we'll hint that it's a great open. venue as well it's a great venue and it's going to be a um it's going to be an awesome tournament yeah, looking forward to that. So, looking forward I'll leave to it. That. I'll leave it at that. Um, right. We do got to take a break. Yeah. And uh, when we come back, we're going to talk Ranger Danger. <laughs> Ranger like Danger. It uh, should be an interesting conversation on the back nine uh, this week on the Flagstick Podcast. So uh, stay with us. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. That's far. So much forgiveness. Wait. Did you say forgiveness like far or forgiveness like forgiveness? Forgiveness. For. Forgiveness. Far. Forgiveness. I'm hearing far. Forgiveness. Like forgiveness. Forgiveness? Forgiveness. I'm still hearing far, but whatever. Introducing Stealth 2 with more carbon for more forgiveness. Forgiveness. Just hit it. All right. Welcome back to the Flagstick Podcast with uh, Jeff Bonner and Scott McLeod. And, um... We're going to jump into the back nine. The back nine presented this week by Greensmere Golf and Country Club. Save 40% on all daily green fee rates with Flex Pass, which includes now a six-day advanced booking for only $425 plus tax. Visit greensmere.com for more information. Well, here we go. Here we hey. go on a little back nine journey. <laughs> um interesting topic. Yeah, it is. Ranger danger. <laughs> just, <laughs> just, it's a great topic. It just sounds real freaking corny. Well, danger, I, danger. I, I, I'll tell you how this this came about. I mean, yeah. and, it, and it's a common please do thing. shed some we light see, on the subject. We, for we, us. we see it all the time. Um, obviously, we spent lots of time around driving ranges over the years. In fact, at one point, you know, involved in retail, I actually had a location that was at a range, so we could see that was cool. Uh, yeah, we could see how things were happening at the range, but. 
and and what I'll do is is I'll provide a little clarification here, as I did in this article that I posted up this week on flagstick.com. Mm-hmm. This is not targeted at the casual person just going to go to whack balls, you know, and that's all they want to do. Yeah. Right. And that's perfectly fine. I, Nobody I, I, judges I, you if that's your goal. Exactly. If you're just going to go there, have, have fun, it. hit some balls, have at it, perfectly fine. Where this is targeted at is the person who's actually trying to be productive mm-hmm. and get something out of their range session, which was a conversation I had with a guy this, well, last week, um, who basically showed up in the driving range, had his brand new bag of clubs and, uh, you know, it's whatever clubs, it didn't really matter or whatever. And he used one of them for his bucket of golf balls that somehow he he was done in about five minutes. Uh, basically terrified spectators, cars, children, buildings all over the place. All animals, uh, wildlife. He, he hit a ball. He's a lefty. He hit a ball lateral that must have just missed his right shin because it hit the corner of a fence that was 60 yards to the right and might have been 15 yards ahead of him. And his reaction to it was to just keep swinging harder and no manner of success at all. And I just had a a polite conversation with the guy and we were just chatting about him getting into the game and so forth. And he's trying to get better. And, and I just, you know, said, Hey, you, you might, it was his first rain session of the year and i'm like you might want to start with the other clubs and then in my brain i'm going oh i guess i better write something about this that gives a little bit of advice because we have a lot of golfers that have just taken up the game in the last couple of years and things we take for granted mm-hmm. they're not aware of it's funny you're right because some things when i go to the driving range um there's two reasons to go to the driving range one is to work on my game, yep. which doesn't happen often. And the second one is just to be outside, just to hit be balls. Around just, yeah. I really don't. I'm not yeah. there to work on anything. I don't care. I could go to the, and I could do one of those, go to the driving range with just a driver. Sure. Um, and that wouldn't bother me. It would be a small bucket. I wouldn't, because I couldn't like bang out. Uh, 120 drivers. <laughs> I think I'd be sore. But <laughs> most times when I go to the driving range, it's a, it's a, it's a progression that I'm, I'm there to work on something, but if I'm not, yeah, I do the, I do the ranger danger kind of, you know, whack as many drivers, see, see how far I can hit them, see how much I can hook one, see how much I can slice one. That's fine. I'm working on something, even though it's only with one club, but I'm doing it. I have to see if I can take, I go to target golf center sometimes up the road from my place here. And I see, you know, if I can, they have little lights that light up when you hit stuff. Cool. So you know, like there's that? a trump. There's a trump, but a, there's a there's a po- on one of the greens. There's a podium and it has trump behind it, oh, and no. it lights up a little flashing oh, light no. if you hit it. So I'd sit there hitting sixty degree wedges at this chain, trying to take out Trump's head. That's just hilarious. It's funny as hell. But anyway, get back to your story there. I I, I digress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it, it's just a case of of people putting together a practice session. And, and one thing I see with you know students and and everybody all the time is that you know they don't know how to put together a practice session Mm -hmm. and this is not so much of getting into you know performance or things like this this is just the basics of going to the range and and how you should sort of get going Mm -hmm. so i just made up some uh you know some points 
um, you know, that are included in the article. And I'll just briefly, I'll just give you the headlines of them and then we can talk about yeah, different sure. aspects yeah. of them. Um, just first off, just warming up your body. You know, again, we'll get into that. Uh, no ball to start. Again, just to work on some different things. Uh, choosing a target. Uh, bottoms up, which, you know, means from working from the bottom of your bag all the way up. So you're not starting with that driver, uh, pacing yourself. Cause again, as I said, we see people just go and, uh, you know, when we're on the golf course, we don't rifle golf balls every five seconds. Uh, somehow people do that in the range and thinks that skill is going to transfer somehow to the golf mm -hmm. course, um, freeing up your mind. So you don't have too many thoughts and then ending on a positive note, because, you know, as we talked about, you know, with a player that goes out there and just rifles a bag full of balls with their driver and they're hitting them all over the place. I mean, do they have any confidence going to the golf course from there after a disaster? I mean, that's that's like going out and, and driving and, and, you know, within two seconds of driving, you drive off the road. And then the next time you get on the highway, you're going, yeah, I feel confident that I'm going to be able to keep the ball or keep the the uh, the car between the ditches here or yeah. whatever. So um, what will be your process when you think about those elements and, and what, what do you think about that? Okay. So for me personally, yeah. um, if I'm going to the range with a purpose, so, mm -hmm. and this has to be a mindset that I have before I even leave the house to go Definitely. to the driving range. If yeah. I'm going... Uh, with a purpose, then I always get to the range. Do I stretch? No, uh, maybe a little bit. I, but... I think a lot of people don't do that because they're embarrassed, right? Yeah, it in, looks in it, it kind of, when you go to a public range, you sit there, you're doing the stretching and right. limbering exercises. You're you're concerned that people are watching you. So you generally, are. I go to the range. I grab my my lob wedge or my sand wedge, and I just you know, I dump the balls out in the little tray if there's a tray there and I just start kind of hitting, hitting some half three quarter wedge shots just yeah. to kind of, that's my warm up is, is, yeah. is kind of just getting loose because I'm not really at that point. Sometimes I'll, I'll skull some ch chunk, some, you know, it can be ugly for the first five or six balls that I hit. Sure. And then I'll move up, you know, like you're saying, bottom up. Yeah. You know, I'll move up from there, but I'm always picking a target. Like, mm. like when I, yep. I don't just, I don't just throw a ball down the ground and start hitting it willy nilly at some, <laughs> some open space in the, in the, in the, the range. I'm yeah. always picking some place to hit the ball. Last, last I checked, there's no big wide 80 yard wide field or a hundred yard no, wide out, no. on, out on the golf course. So you got to aim at something. To so I work my way, it. I work yeah. my way up in yep. the set and I'm always, you know, it might be, might be, you know, six to eight, 10 balls per club. And I'm just kind of working my way up. Um, and then I get to, you know, getting, hitting the fairway woods and the driver and stuff. And with the driver, it's the same kind of thing. You know, you're trying to step on one. You're trying to, I'm always trying to, with me when I'm hitting drivers, especially, I'm always trying to move the ball um, mm -hmm. when I'm practicing. Um, I'm always trying to pick a target and move the ball right or left or left or right or for me, I'm a left to right player. When I'm swinging well, when I'm hitting the ball really well, it's always going to be a cut, always. Yeah. So I try to get into that groove where I'm not trying to hit a ball straight over a tree. I'm always trying to move it right to left. Or yeah, left so to right a, a straight shot's a rarity anyway. So, I mean, people shouldn't mm -hmm. really be chasing that. We're, 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 we're trying to hit controlled crooked shots to a target. Is really Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. And I always finish whenever I'm finishing. And I always take breaks. In between, Good. I take breaks. Awesome. I sit down, drink some water. Yeah. 
sometimes I, you know, you know, might throw my, my swing on, uh, on the phone, like prop the phone mm -hmm. up. If I video. have a, yep. if I have a tripod or something, I'll use it. But usually I just try to tip the phone up on my golf bag in such a way or get some, I'm always usually at the range with somebody. Yeah. So they can grab uh, so the I'll camera get them to video. I yep. video me from the back on this video from the right. side. I just want to see yep. what it looks like, but I'm not that picky. So generally I don't mm. do that a lot. Um, yeah. Uh, if I and, and that's something that I didn't include in the article, but it certainly is something for maybe maybe Ranger Danger Part Two when we get to it or whatever. <laughs> My God, there's a part two. <laughs> there's a sequel. There could be never, but you know uh, the sequel's wanna... never as good as the original, right? Yeah, true, good point. I, I just want to get to two points there. The one that we were talking about is that you know people do feel judged and looked at, but mm -hmm. you know what? Here's the thing: if you all of a sudden end up with a bad back or an issue caused because you didn't warm up well then you know what you're not even going to get to the range after that so and the other side of it too is that you know when you warm up and you you hit those skulls and a lot of that stuff a lot of that has to do with mobility and the fact that your body is not warmed up and it doesn't take it doesn't take an hour and you don't have to actually do it there you can do a little bit of a warm-up in the parking lot or even yeah. at home if you live close and I've embedded a, a quick video from Jason Glass, who works out of Vancouver, a big TPI guy, works with a ton of, of tour players. Um, you know, people will know Adam Hadwin, obviously, for Canadian. Um, really simple warm up. You can just do it in a few minutes, just, just enough to get the major joints kind of moving a little bit mm -hmm. before you kind of, you know, get going. The other side of it, too, is that you know, when you said about, you know, hitting wedges and stuff like that, a lot of people don't do that because yeah. they consider it a waste, right? They, they get their 60 balls and, and they're like, man, why do I want to hit a shot 40 yards? Right. Yeah, I love doing that. Right. I mean, I'd prefer that, but it's not a habit. A lot of people do because they think that somehow doesn't give them value if they're not seeing a golf ball fly a long way yeah. and then go. But you know, I'm here to tell you, you know, most of your game is going to be from under 120 yards. So, yeah. you know, consider hitting a lot more, like go and just hit wedges. Yeah. Uh, I, some, I, someday. I, and when I'm practicing, yeah, I always, always finish with a bunch of wedge shots. Yeah, always. I never. So, so you I do never the, hit the driver. The, you do the mountain, basically. Yeah, basically, yeah. yeah. And, and maybe not so that. much a mountain because I don't go all the way and then come back down the same way I went up. I right. go up to the driver. I hit my drivers. I try to make sure that the last driver I hit was a good one. Sure. And then yeah, once I, like I hit that. that good one, um, then I stop and I go back and I and I grab my wedge and I start trying to hit it. Trying to hit it to like where I practice when I practice very seldom. Um, yeah. I'm trying to hold out or I'm trying to hit right. a flag or something like I'm I'm just kind yeah. of funning at that point yeah. I'm just funning having a good time what's um, good about that though is you've given yourself you've given yourself an intention of something that you wanted to target you're mm -hmm. targeting you've given yourself a goal to judge yourself against as well because you know that goes back to the mindless hitting of just you know it's out there and hitting it in the field right it, you got to have something to judge it against because that's what you're going to do when you go to the golf course because the really the big thing here is that you know we don't want the range to be one thing you know we want to be ranger rick and then you know or ranger ronda and then just go to the golf course and go where did my game go well there's no consequences on the range so we we swing tend to swing a lot more freely mm -hmm. you need to put those consequences on yourself so that those skills become a little bit more transferable which also means things like don't sit there and go to the same target 40 times you know what i mean yeah um, yeah try to vary it up as far as your up. targets because when you get in the golf course you get one shot 
at calculating what's going to happen. Um, if I set you up and I know you would do this easily, if I set you up with a target that's 60 yards and said, hit the target 60 yards, you hit the first 170, the next 150, the next bunch, you're just going to go 60, 60, 60, 60, 60. But because you've got an opportunity to do that over and over mm -hmm. again, yeah. the skill is the working on that variability. You can do block practice where you're working on a technique to, you know, hit that one shot. But mm -hmm. eventually, if you want to transfer that over to, you know, outside, you're going to have to add some variability. And, you know, I would say, and this isn't really on the list. Um, add whatever you like. But I would say, too, one of the things that I witness a lot uh, on the range, I see it on the course, too, but I see it on the range is you get a beginner golfer. Uh, or a junior golfer out there with with the dad, and it's usually oh, I know where this is. I know where this is going. <laughs> and the dad's out there, or the trying spouse, to, trying to, what's that? Or the spouse? Or the spouse? The, the, they're trying to provide instruction, yeah. okay, on how to you know do this, do this, do this, do this. Now the problem with this is ninety percent of the time, <laughs> the person giving the instruction to the person who's trying to learn how to hit the ball doesn't have the ability to correctly hit the ball themselves. Yeah. Therefore, they're trying to provide instruction to someone on how to do something that they don't have the ability to do their, on their own. So how do you think that is going to play out? Not very well. It's not going to play out very well. You're better <laughs> off just letting the person who's just let them figure it out. Yeah. Explore. Let them figure it yeah. out. Just tip it up, take some swings, figure it out. Chances are they will figure it out at some point mm -hmm. or another during their 120 balls in the bucket. They'll yeah. figure out how to hit the ball. Yeah. I don't know what the expectation is there where you're expecting, I'm going to show them how Tiger Woods stands <laughs> and swings, even though I have no yeah. ability whatsoever to do this on my own. Yeah. Uh, but I'm going to explain to them how, how to do it properly. And then they're going to miraculously learn how to do it. Mm -hmm. Therefore, becoming a scratch golfer by the end of this session and making it to the PGA tour before they're 10. <laughs> like, I, I don't know what the expectation yeah. is. Like, yeah. just chill out. Like, yeah. You know what? Um, there's lots of clinics, lots of group sessions, totally. lots of ability to get out there and get some help. People have to understand as well. And I think this is a big clarification that a lot of people don't see and understand. You can be a really good athlete at, at something. Doesn't mean you know how to coach it. Those are totally separate skills. Yes, mm -hmm. a player having the experience of being a good player, that shows them what they need to do for them. That shows them some base of knowledge, but it doesn't mean they know how to coach that or make it relatable to every single person that's out there. And it doesn't translate from one thing to another because I'll tell you this, I'm a good golfer. Yep. I do not suck at this game. We joke yep. about it and stuff, but but I shoot in the 70s on a regular yeah, basis. for sure. Yep. I do not suck. Um, I cannot coach golf. It's a different skill. It, it's completely different. That'd be like me trying to I coach am, hockey. Well, exactly. That, that's the point. Like I I am very good at coaching hockey and, and teaching skill sets and development with hockey. Yeah. I can play hockey. I'm very good at hockey too, but but I can't teach golf. I just, yeah. I don't know what I do. And that's, that's the thing. I do what I do and it's yeah. not right. Yeah. What I do works. I repeat yeah. it. 
It's called self It's called it. self organization. You basically exactly. do the things just to create the shot shapes and things that you exactly. want. I can't tell you That's how it. I do it. I can't tell yeah. somebody else how to do it correctly because I know that I don't do it correctly. <laughs> so I yeah. just do it and it works. So. Yeah. You know, yeah. what am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to teach that to somebody? Yeah. I, I think the other side, too, is that, you know, it leads to a lot of confusion for a lot of people because someone else is looking at them, uh, especially when juniors, it makes them feel judged a little mm -hmm. bit more because they're looking for affirmation by, hey, did I do well? Did, was that good or whatever? Like you said, just go let them whack it. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, they will, you know, you can come in there with even when we, you know, a junior clinic. Like I got to, you know, guest, I guess, at, at one uh, last year, it was going on at one golf course and they had me down the other end of the range. And I said, hey, I'll pop my head in while things are going on. You know, you pop in, you say hi to the kid, you give them one little thing, let them go at it. I mean, yeah. that's, you, you dig them a little bit try. out of the ground. Yeah, you know what? You can you can find some fundamentals and things for them or whatever, but, you know, at first, they, they need to find how it feels for themselves. Yeah, and explain to me this. When you're at the driving range practicing people or you're at the driving range hitting balls, why in the heck are you getting mad at yourself? Oh, yeah. Why yeah, are you yeah, banging yeah. your clubs <laughs> on the ground and slamming like you just hit the worst shot at a, at a major team? Like, come on. There's why are you like, doing that? There's nothing like seeing that bin with the broken clubs in it. With, with, it's crazy. You know, I, I get it when clubs break. You know, but when it's people, well, that I don't, are actually, but okay, yeah, no, no, no. I mean, when when they're defective, naturally, things like that, naturally. But when all of a sudden somebody, you know, duffs a range ball and is all of a sudden, I mean, are they just saying, oh man, I'm usually better than this? Is that what they're trying to say? And they're trying to make an excuse for it? I don't know, but freaking out about it doesn't look, you're human. It, we, we hit bad shots. Mm -hmm. I had this conversation, uh, two nights ago with a tour player and they'll hit bad shots. They're human. Mm -hmm. They have to accept that and, and, and move on. So just because you think you're supposed to be great, you're going to hit bad shots. They happen. It's a really, really precise game. And the more Golf that you just, own, yeah, the more that you just own that and move on, the better you'll be for that. Um, yeah. And the other thing too, which I, I find funny and any, anybody who's a, a PGA coach or instructor will, will see this. Um, one of the worst things you can possibly do, which is quite entertaining, is not only be next to your spouse or child or whatever and giving them instruction, but to park next to the pro giving a lesson and do that. <laughs> like when we look over, I feel sad for the victim <laughs> uh, when I see the someone victim. giving them some sort of advice that I'm like, going, oh my God, they're just like taking them down the, the wrong road. In fact, you know, mm -hmm. not not unsolicited or whatever, but you all of a sudden, sometimes you feel like you want to creep in there a little bit and kind of, you know, kind of erase the, the bad stuff they've been mm -hmm. getting. But it's it's what's odd is that that the person giving the help will sit there and look right at you. They'll see yeah. that you're set up with your track man and your tent and your training age and your bag and all this other stuff they know you're a pro giving lessons they can see yeah. you're giving a lesson yet they're standing there somehow i, I don't know I, I couldn't do that um giving no. a lesson to their kid wife spouse whatever the case to be and, and I they know they have no idea what they're talking about but they're standing beside somebody who actually does know what they're talking Who's about trained. thinking yeah like yeah how, how does that work i don't know i i could i couldn't do it i mean in fact if i was at the range and i'm watching you know 
a Cameron McCormick or Pete Callen or, you know, a tour level coach or whatever. I'm not saying crap. I'm just sitting back and observing what's going on there. Um, so yeah. So people, if you're going to do that, just don't do it next to the pro. <laughs> go, don't, go don't to the other next... end of the range. Exactly. But, but, so, but, but, but don't I, do it in the first place. The be- exactly. The better, the better moral of this story is don't do it at all. No, you, you have no. no business. Yes. Okay. There are little tiny things that you can, someone who's never picked up a club, you can sure. say, okay, look, you know, yeah. this is how you hold it. Yeah. Put it in your hands. You know, don't put this it in is your how feet. you hold it. You know, try to do this. <laughs> yeah. This yeah. is how you, this is how you swing it back, you know, yeah. cause but you don't, see someone, but don't get beyond that. Don't Again, get into, just, you know, you got to keep your left arm, oh, you got no. left arm no. straight. You make yeah. sure that when you go back, you, you supinate yeah. and then oh, you God. pronate. You yeah. got to pronate. You're not pronating. Okay, I will tell you this. Is my, la- my last point. Yes, and, and right with that, the one good part about you know being a golf coach a lot of times is that people come and show up, and it's a bad thing with a lot of baggage, and and you ask all the time, oh, where did you hear that? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> where did you hear that? <laughs> and it's like, oh, so a lot of times you have to unravel a lot of stuff that they see um but you know this is really a, a lot about the the players that are kind of getting going in the game this is not mm-hmm. your advanced players and stuff like that the biggest help you can do for them is just guide them towards you know a program that they can enjoy have fun maybe it's not a one-on-one thing maybe they you know that's too much for them you know get them into a group session a social environment for the kids you know there's lots of kids clinics and stuff out there camps and stuff like that things that are fun so that it's going to encourage them to keep going to keep learning and that's the important part um just so that they enjoy it not all of a sudden just being berated on the range and and going oh my god this thing is this game is too technical i don't want to play this it's not fun yeah Yeah. agreed exactly so there's your ranger danger yeah i I, I don't know you know what no no there's not going to be a part two on this we can't no no we'll we'll do we'll do uh you know obviously i have other columns and stuff like that about different things but uh related to practice but it it will do a follow-up to this on how we've now witnessed on the driving range no more of anything that we just talked about and everybody practices with a purpose and has a plan and we'll be shocked out of our minds and that'll be the topic of the next ranger danger the All sequel right. sounds good sounds good awesome scott All and right. mac yes sir outstanding show this week yeah All look right. uh, you know what uh great feedback last week too for from people um a lot of people you know just discovering the show even though we've been doing it for a year now but obviously it takes some time mm-hmm. uh Obviously, we're on lots of different platforms. We'll get to that in a minute. But um, 65 different countries have we've had downloads in now, which, yeah. which is fantastic. Um, I'm not sure how, you know, my Farsi is not very good. So I'm not sure how people, you know, are, but obviously, you know, it's an English language show. But, you know, people are enjoying it in different places for, for different aspects of it. But, uh, you know, make sure to give us feedback as well. We're always yeah. interested. Yeah, we can't in, improve. We can't improve what we're doing unless we yeah. know what we're not doing right. And right. even if we're doing something right, tell us what we're doing right so we can keep yeah. doing it and, and pass on as well you know we're building the uh the content for our ask the experts um yes. i'm building out that list and good reception so far to the first uh ask the experts that we posted and i'm gonna i'm gonna film some a little bit after this um but you know send them in if you've got questions about particular topics um things that you heard on the show here or just golf in general we'd be happy to address them for you whether Absolutely. we know them or not 
you know, we, we have a big network and we can find the person that could probably help you or at least give you that information. Exactly. What we don't know, we have the ability to discover those answers for you and you we will. It. So you got no it. question too stupid either. No, not at all. So all good. All Wonderful. right, man. Cool. Great show. Um, we got to get out of here though. Yeah. So we want to uh, just quickly thank uh, our sponsors this week, uh, Metcalf Golf Club. Greensmere Golf and Country Club, and of course, our presenting sponsor, TaylorMade Golf with Stealth. They have pushed past the limits of titanium and introduced the world to the carbon wood age. So how far are they willing to take it? Way past far and into forgiveness. Introducing the all-new Stealth 2 Plus, combining the elements of speed and forgiveness to unlock forgiveness. Visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca to learn more. Um, as always, we uh, we really hope you're uh, enjoying the shows and uh, what we're putting out there. We want to encourage you to uh, follow us across all of our social media networks, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. Uh, subscribe on Spotify, Audible, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. Do not forget, I remind you every week, and I will continue to remind you, subscribe to the YouTube channel, like us and click the notification bell to make sure you never miss a single episode. And get over to flagstick.com. More amazing golf content is uh, released and published there every single day. So you'll want to check that out. Thanks again. As always, we appreciate you tuning in. Until next week, I am Jeff Botter. I'm Scott McLeod. Always remember, go for the stick.